Hello, market meditators, and welcome to your daily market briefing. Short, snappy, no BS, 10-minute daily updates about the crypto markets. Delivered to you by me, Kin. Why BTC may go to $8,900. This is not a random number. In light of the FTX collapse, things are looking very bad for a particular company. Analysts have calculated the impact of this crypto company collapsing and have concluded that it would lead Bitcoin prices to exactly $8,900. In today's call, we're going to give you the roundup of the current FTX situation, which is changing minute by minute, hour by hour, and talk you through the exact scenario and likelihood of that BTC $8,900 target. We've never done a call like this because the situation has never warranted a call like this. If you have any position exposure to the cryptocurrency markets, I urge you to stick around until the end of this call. Be the markets bearish, bullish, or crabbish, we absolutely must start our analysis by looking at coin market cap and the current BTC altcoin market prices. We can see that Bitcoin is trading around about the 16k level, down slightly on the 24 hour in light of some of that bad news that I'm going to talk about later in this call. Ethereum is down 7% on the 24 hour, currently trading at the 1.1k level. Notice that Ethereum is down more than Bitcoin. Again, I'm going to allude to a specific factor for why Ethereum has sell pressure on the 24 hour. With such immense sell pressure on both BTC and Ethereum, it is not surprising to see that the altcoin markets are struggling. Indeed, there are only two altcoins in the top 100 by market cap that are printing positive today, NEM and LEO. What is more the theme of the day is big losses on the 24 hour. The leading losses are Chili's token, Ethereum proof of work, Near Protocol, Algo and Aptos. Some of these altcoins experienced quite aggressive rallies, so probably what we're seeing is corrections now. Aptos, of course, had its big airdrop announcement. There was a lot of hype and momentum there, probably just petering off slightly now. And similarly, Chili's in the run-up to the Qatar World Cup as a sort of sports token picked up a lot of buy pressure, a lot of hype, and maybe just correcting right now because what usually happens in the markets is when a certain altcoin or asset or security gets a lot of bid pressure, when the dust settles, investors think maybe that was a little bit too optimistic and we find these kind of corrections, especially in a bear market. So the charts have already given us important clues as to what is to come. Something is causing nervousness in BTC, which we will discuss, and something separately is causing nervousness in Ethereum as well. Before we get into the absolutes or specifics of the situation, I ask you to join me in taking a look at exactly what caused all this headache for the cryptocurrency markets right now, exactly what happened with FTX and Alameda, its venture arm, through the lens of on-chain analytics. Very few people are using the power of on-chain metrics to explore what is going on, but that's exactly what we'll do together right now before we get into the minutia, the nuance of what's going on with Ethereum and BTC. Let's make sure we've got that big picture. With any great crisis comes rumors and speculation. Luckily for us, crypto has had one great crisis after another this year. 
After getting over the initial shock, it is time to cut through the noise and look at the facts. And that is what Nansen has done with on-chain analysis of the FTX Alameda disaster. Research analysts at Nansen use the transaction data and wallet activities of crypto wallets that have identified as belonging to FTX and Alameda research. They broke down the time periods and identified four key areas to review. Let's check them out together. Prior to May 2019, early on-chain Alameda involvement was in FTX. Using on-chain analytics, researchers were able to confirm rumors that in the beginning, Alameda was heavily involved with FTX. This information is also supported in the recent bankruptcy filings, where the restructuring agent noted a lack of HR policy with blurred lines of responsibility between both the FTX and Alameda employees. Now come August 2019 to January 2020. FTT, the love child of FTX and Alameda. FTX mints FTT, and oddly, FTX makes an Alameda wallet the sole and unchangeable beneficiary of the FTT token vesting contract. Most of the supply of FTT is held by FTX and Alameda, making the token's price easy to manipulate all the way to $84, which is 800x of its seed price of $0.10. So they essentially created a token to use and abuse to their preferences. Come May 2022 to July 2022. Studying Alameda's reaction to the UST collapse. Throughout the bull market, Alameda was able to use FTT as collateral for loans. But after the collapse of the UST, lenders were recalling loans. This is when it appears FTX had to lend Alameda even more money to prevent the liquidation of their holdings of FTT, tanking the price. September 2022 to the current, recent events and the fall of FTX and Alameda. We won't rehash this since we've already chronicled it throughout multiple articles over the last two weeks, but... The key takeaways from the Nansen research showed that FTT token allowed Alameda to take collateral loans in the bull market that essentially resulted in a very leveraged long. As prices began to collapse and interest rates increased, margin calls were imminent. The success of FTX already hinged on Alameda's success as a market leader, but the FTT token amplified their codependency and tethered FTX's balance sheet to whoever was holding large amounts of FTT. There were also various wallet transactions that Nansen's team found interesting after the collapse of UST and just 24 hours before withdrawals were halted on FTX. So an absolutely disastrous scenario where the success of one company was dependent on the success of the other, which was dependent on the success of a crypto, which was linked to the success of the aforementioned companies. Absolute melting pot here of codependencies and a domino effect where if just one thing in this balance went wrong, they would all come tumbling down and that's exactly what we've seen. So now we have color on the macro picture. Let's look at why Ethereum is underperforming BTC until we get into unlocking that particular scenario and dynamics around why BTC could be headed to that $8,900 mark. As we know, a mysterious hacker seemed to come through just after the news of the FTX insolvency and bankruptcy to wipe out the funds on FTX and thicken the plot of disaster that we've been experiencing. Now we find out that the FTX hacker offloads over $59 million of ETH and sells for BTC. The hacker behind one of the wallets that drained the failed FTX exchange is offloading several millions of dollars worth of Ether, causing a further slide in the cryptocurrency. The wallet transferred 50,000 ETH worth over $59 million to another address on Sunday afternoon, New York time. 
The receiving address then swapped ETH for REN BTC, a form of Bitcoin which runs on the Ethereum blockchain. Next, the address made four separate swaps, totaling roughly $59 million according to EtherScan. The hacker is using the REN bridge, which facilitates cross-blockchain transfers, to move the REN BTC to the Bitcoin blockchain as BTC. The FTX hacker offloading ETH is the latest development in a saga that has gripped the cryptocurrency market as one of its largest and most trusted centralized exchanges collapsed over the span of a few days. And this is why Ethereum is down quite heavily on the 24 hour, more so even than Bitcoin. So we have sufficiently considered the charts and the top headlines in the cryptocurrency news today, which means we are now ready to go into the Bitcoin sell pressure, what is going on with BTC, the latest addition, if you like, to the FTX saga, and specifically how all this relates to BTC heading towards the $8,900 level that we pinpointed at the beginning of this call. Our story begins with Grayscale. Cryptocurrency investment product provider Grayscale Investments has refused to provide on-chain proof of reserves or wallet addresses to show the underlying assets of its digital currency products, citing security concerns. In a November the 18th Twitter thread addressing investor concerns, Grayscale laid out information regarding the security and storage of its crypto holdings and said all crypto underlying its investment products are stored with Coinbase's custody service, stopping short of revealing the wallet addresses. The tweet reads, to be perfectly clear, the BTC underlying Grayscale Bitcoin Trust are owned by GBTC and GBTC alone. Coinbase frequently performs on-chain validation due to security concerns. We do not make such on-chain wallet information and confirmation information publicly available through a cryptographic proof of reserve or other advanced cryptographic accounting procedure. One of the silver linings of the FTX collapse is that this sort of too big to fail mindset is gone from the mind of crypto investors. No more do we just take it for granted or take it for certainty that a big name must be financially sound and responsible. No, investors, consumers, users in the cryptocurrency markets are demanding to see proof of reserves. Some exchanges have been very forthcoming and have already announced that they will be doing this. And it is concerning to many people that Grayscale is not jumping on board, is not showing proof of its reserves, and instead is citing security concerns, which seems pretty suspicious. We know the preceding point in particular will be a disappointment to some, Grayscale added. But panic sparked by others is not a good enough reason to circumvent complex security arrangements that have kept our investors' assets safe for years. The move by Grayscale comes as pressure mounts on crypto businesses to introduce proof of reserves in the wake of FTX's liquidity issues and subsequent bankruptcy, as we have said. Grayscale did share a letter co-signed by Coinbase CFO and CEO, of Coinbase custody that broke down Grayscale's holdings by its investment products and reaffirmed the assets are secure, that each product has its own on-chain addresses and the crypto always belongs to the applicable Grayscale product. To be fair, maybe a month ago, a assurance like this would have been fine, but everyone remembers all too well that the FTX CEO was also telling us that FTX is completely fine, FTX US is completely fine, that they never use customers' money, and we all saw how that played out. So at the moment, it's harder to take these kind of assurances seriously without concrete evidence. So we've established why things look strange for Grayscale right now. They've been asked to show proof of reserves, and they said that they can't because of security concerns. Now let's get to that $8,900 BTC prediction. Grayscale owns 3.3% of the Bitcoin market cap. Luna owned only 80k BTC. 
while Grayscale owns 640k BTC. So this part of the tweet um, by Dr. Profit is suggesting that the situation or gravity of Grayscale is greater than that of Luna. And we all remember too well how much of an impact Luna had. So clearly this one's going to be, if bad, disproportionately bad. If Grayscale is forced to sell their 640k BTC in the event of a insolvency or some sort of bankruptcy or breakdown, etc., the price is expected to drop by 46%, which would send us to $8,900. Just want to show you how unlikely 10k is. So that doesn't mean we're definitely going to $8,900. No, definitely not. It's not a certainty. But would anyone have thought a month ago that FTX was going to collapse? Uh, Probably not. If they did, they could have had a huge big short opportunity there. But I think the point here is we just have to be prepared for any type of worst case scenario now in crypto. We just don't know what's going to happen. The only certainty is uncertainty. And that means that the only thing we can do is prepare ourselves for uncertainty meaning reducing exposure as much as we can to cryptocurrency exchanges and the likes of that and moving towards self-custody and ownership, real ownership of our crypto and assets. Indeed, a lot of people are drawing lessons from what has happened to FTX. For example, the founder of Ethereum, Vitalik Buterin, has also labeled the FTX collapse as a huge tragedy, but added that it reaffirms the position of many in the Ethereum community concerning centralization. Many in Ethereum community also see the situation as a validation of things they believed in all along. Centralized anything is by default suspect. Cryptocurrency was born out of the desire to move away from centralized entities or intermediaries owning your funds, like the bank. And then what did we go and do? Move all our funds onto a centralized exchange, not so different from a bank, where we're not quite sure what they're doing with our money. So maybe all of this actually reaffirms a need for cryptocurrency more than ever, and a need for self-custody and decentralization. And as well as lessons about self-custody, some people are even suggesting that the collapse of FTX might indicate the bottom of the cryptocurrency market at the moment, suggesting that greener pastures await us. Uh, Other people like Bill Ackman, the billionaire investor, are coming out to reaffirm their stance towards cryptocurrency, saying crypto is here to stay. Many events have shaken conviction in the cryptocurrency markets. The lunar collapse, the ban on Bitcoin mining in China, Elon Musk's really rash and unprecedented decision to ban Bitcoin payments. And each time the cryptocurrency markets have come out stronger, smarter. Perhaps the FTX collapse will be no exception to this rule. Perhaps it will teach us things that will make us and our markets stronger and better than ever. Annyeong, that is goodbye in Korean, and to all our football fans, may your team of preference win. Best of luck, talk to you tomorrow.